five, four, three, two, one. If we have any goals this season? Absolutely. We're going to win a lot of games. We're going to get in the playoffs. Touchdown, Bears! The Bears are what we thought they were. Go Bears! Bears Nation. We have a young football team. We're going to figure out how to finish and how to close games. We'll have a plan for that. There's just something that, that needs to be done, something that needs to be changed, needs to be fixed. We all need to look ourselves in the mirror and figure out how, what we can do to make this team better and ultimately win ball games. I'm tired of hearing, oh, we're getting better. We're going in the right direction, but we keep losing. As players and as a team, we, we want to win. We want to figure it out. Don't lose faith, guys. I don't lose. I win. It's time for the Bears Nation podcast with your hosts, Kevin Lapka and Jake Hassan. Get ready for a lot of fun and excitement. Powered by, powered by, powered by Bet, Bet, Bet Stamp. Strap it in. I know you're going to dig this. It's Bears Nation, baby. To the Batmobile. Let's go. Welcome in Bears Nation podcast. It is Wednesday, November 9th, and we are here to break down the upcoming showdown between the Bears and the Lions. For the first time this year, the Bears will face off against Detroit fighting Dan Campbells. Myself, Jake Hassan, joined as always by Kevin Lapka. Powered, as always, by BetStamp. Go to BetStamp. Use our code BEARS to find the best prices, the best lines. Help yourself make help yourself make some more money going forward by using BetStamp. Help us help you make some more money because who doesn't like more money? I certainly do. So, that being said, Kevin Lapka, let's get into a lot to talk about this week. Justin Fields, obviously, will be the center of our conversation as we preview this Bears-Lions game. When was the last time Bears had the NFC Offensive Player of the Week as the quarterback? When when Never. was the last time? I'm sure Jay had won at some at some point Did in the 2010s. Oh, uh, you know, Did Mitch he? 2018, the sixth touchdown performance versus Probably. the Buccaneers. Yeah, that's definitely the last time. But it's a rare occurrence. Justin Fields did that, and we are expecting a potentially big day for him against the Lions. You know, I titled this episode and the YouTube video as "Can the Bears Start Their Comeback for a Playoff Push versus the Lions?" And that's a real conversation that i think can be had we talked about the schedule coming up the next four games uh they're all winnable games but you know it starts here against detroit a team that you know fights in these games that's sort of been it was let's say before a couple games this year kind of uh the staple to the dan campbell regime was oh you know we know we don't have the town but we've got grit and we've got heart and we're gonna fight and we're gonna be in every single game and it appeared that way earlier in the year and then they lose you know 24-0 to the patriots and things kind of fall apart um despite the offensive prowess that they had earlier in the year. And I'm going to just chalk it up. You know, they're favorite in the sports book right now. And I think they should win this game. They have to win this game. If they have any chance to, to go on this little run that we talked about in these next four games and against this defense, we'll get into the statistics. We'll break down the matchups. They got a real good chance to do it. And it's worth noting that the past three games not have, have not only been the three best games of Justin Fields career, the best stretch of his career, one of the best three game stretches by a bears quarterback in the franchise's history. He was doing that against three very good football teams, three very good football teams. You know, Miami had a questionable defense uh, from a passing defense standpoint. But, you know, those are three teams that are over 500 in the Patriots, the Cowboys and the Dolphins, three teams that are going to be in the conversation for the playoffs and their respective conferences. And they put together three really good games against those teams. Now you get the benefit of being at home against a lesser opponent. This should be a game where if you look at what they did against three good teams, this should be a game they blow out. This should be a game that they should win by a lot. Like, that's that's the expectation now. Like, that's where we are with the way this offense has played and the way Justin Fields has played. I personally, Jake, am expecting a lot now from this offense. A lot of points, a lot of yards. I'm expecting a heck of a lot more than what I typically would have expected from them three weeks ago. Yeah, the perception has changed on the Bears. A couple weeks ago, you know, a month ago, a month and a half ago, the perception was this team stinks. There's no reason to watch them. There's no reason to tune into any Bears games. And now we have people on Twitter saying, well, that Bears-Bills game should be flexed to primetime. Yes. And now that's where we're at because now Justin Fields has made the Bears relevant or has at least made people want to tune into the Bears and at least given people something to talk about when it comes to the Chicago Bears. You're right. They can put up points. They can run with anybody, it seems like. 
the defense is an absolute spaghetti strainer, but that's not the <laughs> point here because as we said on Monday, the point is the development of the offense to this point and the development of Justin Fields. And now so much so that it's taken on a life of its own on social media and the national media where people again are saying, you know, this Bills Bears game could be some fun to watch. Like people are saying that the Bears could be a fun team just because of one excellent game by your quarterback. And granted, like you said, and like you mentioned, it's been three weeks of this. Like the Dolphins game was the pinnacle for sure, 100%. But it's three weeks of consistent good play from Justin Fields so far. And obviously we hope that continues this week against the Lions and out, uh, onward into the rest of the season, of course. But you're right. I mean, this Bears offense now has completely changed the perception of how we view this team. Still don't think of them as a great team, but maybe a team worth paying attention to. At least a team that if they're on your TV, you're not going, oh God, and trying exactly. to find something else to watch. So. Justin Fields has done that seemingly single-handedly without very, with very, very little help. Obviously, we hope Chase Claypool changes that, and then Cole Komet can continue playing well, and Darnell Mooney obviously continues to have a solid uh, season. But things have changed. I mean, even like I said on Monday, it's not about the wins and losses anymore. You know, just just give us something entertaining to watch because if that's the case, and that means the offense is continuing to play well. Yeah, you're absolutely right, and you're you're 100 right. We talked about this a little bit yesterday or two days ago. Uh, about the possibility that they get flexed into Sunday night football. And I was making the statement last night on Tuesday Night Bears Therapy with Kellen that this is the exact conversation that we had last year when we were imploring Matt Nagy and that regime to start Justin Fields because if you want to take the financial approach to it, which organizations love to do, which the McCaskies love to do, well, guess what? If Justin Fields hasn't, wasn't playing well, this, this, this stadium would not be full this week against the Lions. But you know for damn sure that this 3-6 and six football team is going to have a rowdy fan base. Soldier Field is going to be packed to the brim because you got a bunch of people there who don't want to see that team you know, win or lose They more than they want to see Justin Fields play. Like, they just are going there to watch the product of Justin Fields. And I made the illusion uh, last night that it's the closest thing the city has seen since Michael Jordan, to Michael Jordan. Like, just a, a spectacle. Just like, a, and I guess Derek Rose is up there as well. You know, it's not comparable in baseball because even if you did have a player like Aaron Judge, he only gets, you know, three or four at-bats in a game, four or five. You know, he doesn't get the ball on every play like the quarterback does or like a player in basketball does on the court for a lot. Um, so it's it's electrifying the stadium. I think it's going to electrify the fan base. I think you're going to see a, a jam-packed soldier field on Sunday with a whole bunch of people who are rowdy and ready to see, you know, what they believe is going to be the best quarterback in franchise history for the Chicago bears. And it's just, it's exciting the fan base. And maybe, you know, I'll, t I told you after Thursday night, that game commanders bears, that's a Thursday night primetime game. You should have every reason in the world. You know, at, at that point you had a chance to get, I think above 500. If you had won that game or back to 500, whatever it was, uh, you had every re the, the stadium had every reason to like be excited and be electrified. You know, there's a night football, a soldier field, let's go. You know, Justin's playing, and it he just didn't feel it. I didn't feel it at all. I mean, the offense scored seven points, he didn't feel it, and it has an impact. Like we talked about that synergy sometimes between the fans and the players on the field, and just that whole you know synergy synergy that goes around the stadium, and you can feel it even when you're at home sometimes watching and you can see and you can hear it and you can hear how loud it is. And I think if the, if the bears get off to a hot start seven zero, they go down the field score on their first drive and soldier field is rocking and rolling. Like that game could be over if they score on the first drive. Like I truly believe they could just, you know, with that energy, with everybody bought in, in that stadium, with the full team bought in, put them away in the first, uh, first quarter. Like that's what I think they could do and should do against this team. Yeah, and it's also, I think people are going to show up even more because, it, like, we feel this is a winnable game. Like, Miami, right? you obviously made it a close game, and you had a chance to win the game at the end. But, you know, with the Lions, like, from, you know, with that game, you were kind of like, well, Miami's a really good team, and they're probably going to be a playoff team, and if not an AFC contender, and, you know, is your chance to win this game exceptionally high? No. The Lions, it's different. They're a worse team than you. Worse record, worse, you know, statistics for the most part. Like, this is a team where people are going to be like, yeah, this is a game where I feel good about if I go to Soldier Field and I go to this game, I'm going to see a win. And so people are going to, you know, get up a little bit more to see that game. And now with the offense playing as well as they are, that helps too because, like you said, the offense gets the ball, they score right away. 
it's not going to be like the commanders game where the air is sucked out of it seemingly right away because people's exactly. expectations people expectations are high now and this kind of goes back to our initial thought of the perceptions changed expectations have changed over the last few weeks now because you've shown that you can highlight this player your quarterback and you can score points and you can run a, a really good offense through him so yeah i mean definitely people are definitely going to get up for this game uh, which was already a winnable game and now even more so because justin fields is playing really really well so yeah, I mean, I, I think you're completely right with that. And then you look at the Detroit Lions this year, right? You know, everyone was talking early on in the season, well, they have the ability to put a lot of points on the board, and, you know, they're a sleeper team. Like, there were conversations earlier in the year. There were conversations before the season, and this is the impact of Hard Knocks, that this team could be a sleeper team to make the final wild card slot in the NFC. And then, you know, they lose week one, 38 to 35 and to the Eagles. And everyone's like, well, you know, they lost by three to the Eagles. But, oh, my God, they're going to put so many points on the board. Like, keep your eye on this team. And they just they just haven't been that. And they have been horrible on the road. Like, this is the stark difference between this team and why I'm so high uh, on the Bears in this game is, you know, they're two and 16. The Lions are and they haven't won a single game on the road. Their two wins come at home against the Commanders on September 18th, and then just last week against the Packers. Um, on the road, they've lost to the Cowboys 24-6. to They lost to the, lost to the Patriots 29-0, and they've lost to the Vikings 28-24. So only 30 combined points in three games on the road this year for the Detroit Lions, 10 points per game. So their offense has clearly just not been able to get it going on the road, whether you know that's playing in outdoor conditions that they're not used to since they're a dome team or – just, you know, not being able to handle, you know, the atmosphere of being on the road. You know, you go to two stadiums uh, in Foxborough and in Dallas that are loud or, you know, all their fans are into it. I think there could be an impact uh, there when when you talk about what they've been able to do on the road this year. And then let's let's get into the matchups, because really, like, I don't know if people understand. I'm sure they do. But this Detroit Lions defense is bad, like historically bad. It is just disgusting. I'll read you the stats here. The Lions defense and opponent points per game, 32nd in the NFL. The Lions defense and opponent yards per game, 32nd in the NFL. The Lions defense in opponent yards per play, 32nd in the NFL. Opponent third down conversion percentage, 32nd in the NFL. Like, they are dead last in four of the biggest categories that you can, that you can name on defense. Like, this is why I'm not just bringing it out of thin air that I think the Bears could put this game away early. Like. You talk, you think the Bears defense is bad? Which you see this Lions defense. Like they cannot stop anything by, by the rush, by the pass. It doesn't matter. Like the Bears have so many options to get it done now. And if I had to guess, you know, I, they're not good, but I don't think Aaron Glenn is stupid. I mean, he, he might be, but I don't think he's stupid. I'm sure he watched the tape last week and said, we're going to do everything in our power to not let Justin Fields rush for 100 plus yards because they've had trouble with this this year. Week one, Jalen Hurts, 90 yards, one rushing touchdown. Geno Smith, a couple weeks ago, 49 rushing yards, one rushing touchdown. Aaron Rodgers last week had 40 rushing yards. Like, they know that this is a weakness of their team, so they might say, hey, we got to do whatever we can to stop Justin Fields, and the Dolphins tried it. Like, they had guys spying Justin Fields, and it just didn't matter. So I don't know what else the Lions could do to stop that, but whatever it is, I don't know, two spies? Have we ever seen that before? Two spies? You know, whatever it is, it'll probably free something up in the pass game. So if I had to guess, I think they might lean a little bit more on the pass this week. If the conditions are fine, if there's no wind, it doesn't look like there's rain in the forecast. If you're able to throw it, I think they might lean on that. I think the Detroit Lions are going to try and take it away, and they're going to open up a lot of things for you. Chase Claypool is going to be back in full force. Is this the week Pringle really returns? I mean, he's been activated <laughs> off the IR. I don't know what his status is, but he should be eligible to return. Uh, um, how you? I, I have to give you credit. Your commitment to the Byron Pringle thing all uh, year has been incredible to follow. Like I feel like we are probably the only show that talks about Byron Pringle as much as we do, and that and that's all you. Like you, your commitment to trying to fit Byron Pringle discourse into this show week in and week out is truly commendable. I don't fit discourse in there, do I? Do I? Kevin, every week it's like, well, Byron Pringle coming back, or oh, Byron Pringle, maybe he does something this week. It's it's just about every week. Like I, I would say, I mean, we're what like two shows a week. We're eight, nine weeks into like twenty shows or so now. You've probably brought up Byron Pringle <laughs> in at least fifteen. Of them. But can you blame me? Yes. Who cares? No. 
I care. It doesn't matter anymore. It does. It does. It, it, maybe it he does. Stinks. It does. He's not it good. Does. Here, here, Jake, why don't I matter this and I'll pose this to you. Okay. Third and eight. And the final drive of the game, Justin Fields rolls out, throws the ball, Equinemius St. Brown drops it. If that player is Byron Pringle, do does he catch the ball? Probably not. Probably he does. He does. He's better than Equinemius St. Brown by a long shot. Don't even try to argue that. You know that's true. I don't know. That's by a long that, shot. A long shot. Oh, yes, generous. by a long shot. Dude, I, Byron I Pringle was an 800-yard receiver. With, with Patrick Mahomes Wait, no, he and the wasn't. Chiefs. He wasn't 800, it wasn't 800, I don't know. With Patrick Holmes and the Chiefs. Yeah, we're like, talking about the most prolific. Sorry, not 800, 568. We're, we're talking about the most prolific offense in NFL history, the Chicago Bears, okay? I yes, don't want to hear. How, how could I forget? How could you forget? Yes. No, but seriously. I mean, here's the, here's the, like, would you rather, who would you rather have out the, on, on the field on Sunday, Jake? Byron Pringle or Velas Jones Jr.? Velas Jones Jr. Oh, Velas Jones it. Jr. And it's Stop not it. close. Stop it's it. Not particularly close. You, you see this. You can't. Re, you can't forget the same conversations that we had before the season started about how Byron Pringle can make an impact on this team. Like he still can. Yeah, before the healthy. season, and guess what he's done so far? Two catches for thirty-three yards, and he's yeah, been on IR. That's more catches than Velas Jones Jr. has. If you take yeah, away Velas Jones Jr. Like as a guy you use the draft pick on, and you're kind of stuck with him on a rookie deal anyway, you might as well use him. Like you might as well just see if there's anything there. Byron Pringle, he's been in the league for years now, and year after year has been extremely mediocre. Vegas Jones Jr. might stink. He might be mediocre too. But at least like you're paying him on the cheap, and you know for sure. Like right now, we're doing this thing every week with Vegas Jones Jr. where, okay, well, you know, you can run jet sweeps with him, and that's really uh, all you've done, but maybe you can stretch the field with him. Like Byron Pringle is nothing. Like Byron Pringle is that's nothing. That's not true. That's not true. I Byron Pringle – he Go is he, he look see this is this is the problem like you you have so many guys on the team who can do that exact thing that Velas Jones Jr is supposed to be good at end arounds and jet sweeps and we've seen Equinemius St. Brown do it and get more yards than Velas Jones Jr has he had that 40 yard rush on the end around like week 2 you know Byron Pingle can do that Chase Claypool can do it they're going to do that with Chase Claypool Darnell yeah. Mooney can do it like that's not something that's unique to Velas Jones Jr uh but know, but my when point you, is that like Byron Pringle is a guy who has been in the NFL already. You largely know what he is already. Bayless Jones Jr., yeah, he might stink, but he's also eight weeks into his NFL career. Not even, because he was he in the first you couple. In any way. He doesn't help you. He, he was, How do he was we know? Scratch By, Byron, Byron Pringle's been injured and has two catches. Like, yeah, yeah but, we, know, but the thing is, we've like, seen it from Pringle in his career. We've never seen it from Bayless Jones Jr. He's a rookie, but we right, know but, what Pringle but, can okay, do. So I am Scott says top five in catches in traffic. Who's who's more likely to be here next year, Bayless Jones Jr. or Byron Pringle? Bayless, but at this point, I don't so, care if they cut so, Bayless next year. It doesn't matter. I'm fine. They could cut. Right, but you're not going to you're not going to win games this year anyway. You're going nowhere fast anyway. So might as well figure out you know, what Bayless Jones Jr. is. We know what Byron Pringle is. He's a number three at best. Like sure, at, yes, at, yes, at best. that's correct. So you might as well correct. figure out if Bayless Jones Jr. could be that because you're going to have him next year anyway. Like you might as well try stuff. You might as well try Even, these things yeah. because you have no, you have nothing to lose. You have nothing to lose and you're going to keep the kid anyway. So, and I say kid, like he's not the same age as me, but like, yeah, right. you're going to keep the guy next year anyway. Byron Pringle will probably be a cut next year and probably they'll say, all right, see ya. Thanks. Thanks for the two catches. Like you might as well play Valus Jones Jr. And just figure it out because he's going to be here. They're not going to cut bait on the third round pick this fast. Well, so you might as well they are. Him. Apparently they are. I mean, they were willing, they were like, if you, you say, well, it doesn't matter. You know, they're, they're not trying to win games Unhealthy, like that. One healthy scratch does not mean they're cutting bait on him. I think it does. I, I for, for the foreseeable future, for the foreseeable future, if they were to, if, if Byron Pringle were to return this week and I'm not insane, this it's evident. It's an insane hill to die on. It is not an insane hill to die on. Why one healthy, healthy scratch means it's imminent Why? that they're cutting him? No, 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 not that they're, they're cutting him like tomorrow, but it's more, it becomes increasingly likely. I mean, why else would they, why else would they, why else would be, he be a healthy scratch? Why else? He doesn't provide you with anything. And the problem is he was supposed to, realistically, we knew coming in, the value for Bayless Jones Jr. was going to be on special teams. That's where you were going to get the most value out of him. We knew he could make plays in the passing game and we found ways to figure out how he could be involved and, and utilized in this offense. And, and we've seen flashes of it, but 
He was supposed to be a special teamer who was the next closest thing to Devin Hester for this franchise. Like that's what they hoped he could be. And now that he has not given you value in that area, he has no purpose and no value for this football team. And that's why he was a healthy scratch. I mean, I don't like, I don't know what else to say. It's evident in the moves there. What what other reason would it be that he was a healthy scratch? Like it's clear the way they feel about him right now. And it's clear that they believe they have a better chance of winning with other guys. And it's clear that they are going to do what it takes to continue to win. I still think that matters for them right now. At least the decisions made by the coaching staff, maybe not by the general manager. And if that means benching Bayless Jones Jr. and bringing in Byron Pringle or somebody else, you know, then they're going to do that. And I think it continues this week. I think it's another healthy scratch and maybe reevaluate in the offseason or maybe plays another week if some guy goes down. But at this very moment, if the rest of the receiving core remains healthy and Byron Pringle returns, Bayless Jones Jr. will not see the field for the rest of the year. That's an insane. I don't think it is. He's four games into his NFL career. A third round pick is four games into his NFL career. And you're saying he's not going to sit because he sat one week. You're saying he's going to sit the rest of the year. I just, I just want to make sure we're on the same page here. Once Byron Pringle comes back, who's the, who's the healthy, you have to, who's the healthy scratch. You think, you think they all play? You're going to make me pull up the, Dante Pettis, Nikhil Harry, Bailey Schoen Jr., Byron Pringle. Those are your second and third string wide receivers. Once Pringle is healthy, who is the healthy scratch? It might be Harry. seem to like Pettis. Maybe it is Harry. I don't know. But at this moment, he's proved that he can do more for you than than Bailey Schoen Jr. And look, why why does it have to be from the wide? Why can't someone else on the roster get assigned to the practice squad or something? I mean, it's it's possible. Like, Like you're currently carrying two fullbacks. Like, just for. Like let's we're carrying two fullbacks. Both of those fullbacks. Wait, you have. Yeah, I'd have to look at who else was in, inactive. I, I mean, Tongas has been inactive though. So like, it, it's. It, I don't know. I just. Like, he, does, he Ryan, he'll, does Ryan Griffin get inactive? Like he'll he'll play another game. He will play another game. But it like I'm not calling it quits in his career. It's just I believe that for your football team. Byron Pringle and Nikhil Harry and probably even Dante Pettis are more valuable to you right now than Bayless Jones Jr. Like that is, that's just a fact right now. And that that would be true if you were actively trying to like chase a playoff spot and actively trying to win games. But I talked about this already. I think they are. I think they are like, like you're not tanking, you know, like they'll never say, right. They'll never say, Oh, we're trying to lose games. But you're also like, if you're going to be what you want to be, if you're going to, cause like you're not making the playoffs this year. Unless something miraculous happens with like the the rest of the teams in front of you, but you're not winning the Super Bowl. You're no, like you're, you're not, not winning the Super Bowl. You're not. You're not. You're just not. You're not winning. You're, the Super Bowl. I, you, I, you're I, maybe making the playoffs. You like sure. if things break exactly exactly in a miraculous way for you, you're making the playoffs. And then what? You get the shit kicked out of you by the Vikings. Okay. Great, I don't think cool. so. I think you get the shit kicked out of you. Either way, you're a first round exit. Like you're not. Yes. Yes, you're not but winning a playoff game. You're how, not winning how, an away playoff game. So how, that being sure. said, why? What is the point of keeping one of these veterans around who you know are not going to be on the roster next year, and instead of giving those opportunities to a guy who is four games into his rookie career, into yeah. his career in his rookie season, who was the first offensive pick that you used in your dra- in your inaugural draft as a GM? There's no way. There's no way. Zero. Point zero percent chance that they're calling it quits on Vilas Jones Jr. Zero point zero. They're not calling. There's no it way. Quits. They're not calling it quits. But on a week to week basis, I still like, like this team is going to do what's best for them to win. Like organizations don't think like you do. They're going to do like this, this organizations shown, might. The coaching staffs don't. This time, this team has shown time and again that they are willing to do what's best for to try and middle the ground between the present and the future. The Chase Claypool move shows that because he's under control for another year and makes Justin Fields better this year. That's just one example. Like that's the, like, like the point is not that I'm saying like, yeah, organizations don't like think like I do. I'm 25. I'm an idiot. I work in media. Duh. Of course they don't. I hope they don't. Jesus Christ. But the point being like it historically, no regime is going to cut bait on a draft pick of their own four games into his rookie season. Look, look at the ups and downs of Kyler Gordon's career so far. Look at the ups and downs of Justin Fields' career so far. 
Like sometimes it's just an opportunity thing. He's four games in. Like, yeah, he made some mistakes. Yeah, that happens to all rookies. They're going to hit these rough patches. Doesn't mean he stinks forever. He might stink. Does he stick out special teams? Yes, I never want him to return a punt ever again. But that doesn't mean he has zero value on offense. I'd much rather see what you have in Bayless Jones Jr. going forward than Byron Pringle because you know one is going to be on the roster next year and one isn't. I mean, I, I get it. Yes, I get it. But I just, on a week-to-week basis, if I want my football team to win, which I do on Sunday, and we go back to Bears-Lions, I think Bayless Jones Jr. being inactive and Byron Pringle being active is gives you the better chance to win. And that's all that I care about for Sunday, right? Maybe down the road. I don't think road, either of them moves the needle that much. I think, but we don't. We don't know if Pringle does or doesn't move the needle that much. Like we, we. I mean, he should. He's been. He's moved the needle for teams in the past, for the Chiefs in the past. The, 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 I, here, the know, idea of what Byron Pringle can be, the ideal scenario of what Byron Pringle can be. Yeah, sure. But let's say he's active on Sunday. He's what wide receiver four, like option number five in the like. Like we've shown Justin Fields, whatever he like, he keeps trying to feed the ball to Dante Pettis. So that puts him behind Claypool, Mooney, Matt. I didn't feed the ball to Pettis last week, but more so than like Equinomia St. Brown. Like Pettis is in the pecking order is my point. He's not feeding him obviously, but he's in the pecking order. Like there are plays that are called for Dante Pettis. Pringle in his first game off IR, he's going to shoot to number three. Like he's going to jump Komet. Like I jump Komet. Right. So, okay. So at best he's fourth option in the passing offense. Sure. Like, like that doesn't move the needle. Sure yeah, it does. Like, sure. It the, does. Jay. You can never have too many playmakers. You can never have too many playmakers, but we don't know. That's what he is. The guy just kind of stinks. He is a playmaker. He is a playmaker. That is the whole reason that you picked him up for agency. He's got five touchdowns in 2021, 538 yards. He is a playmaker. He is a guy who can make plays for your team and get you, you know, a big chunk of yards when you need it. Okay, show he's me an, the place. He's an option. Show me the place. Yeah, because he's been hurt. We're not he doing it. Who catches? Because he's been hurt. How many okay, so a, 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 avail, availability is a skill. It sure is a skill. But Bayless wasn't available for the first couple weeks either. You know, it happens. Like, guys aren't available. But it doesn't mean I'm going to count him out just because he had a couple injuries in the first in the first few weeks. Look. I, I, let's move on from this. I, the bottom line is this has they're been far do, too much Byron Pringle discourse. They're, well, they're going to do what it's, it, well, it's not just about Byron Pringle. It turned into a Vedas Jones Jr. thing. And it's a valid conversation to have because I don't know how much value he has on this team anymore. And that like, is such an insane thing to say. It's not an insane thing to say because Jake, what if, what, like, we tried, we knew when he was drafted. Don't, remember the moment Vedas was drafted? You were not happy. I wasn't happy. Kellen wasn't happy. No one was happy. And we, we, we did breakdowns on Vailus. We found ways to, you know, think that, okay, maybe he can be a part of this offense in some way. But maybe the plan all along for this regime was not for him to be an 800-yard receiver, but for him to be your gadget guy, for him to be a really good kick returner, for him to be your Cordero Patterson, you know, is what he was supposed to be when he was drafted. Obviously, he's not going to be a running back. And he hasn't been that. And guess what? When that happens, you know what good teams do? Good teams give their young guys opportunity, but opportunities. But if their young guys are sucking, they don't continue to g- give those guys opportunities. And he's, you're on he a good team. It's a, who cares? What does it matter? You're a good That's offense without point. him. You're good off. You're good offense. You're good offense without him. He has proved to not make a single impact on your offense. In fact, probably better without him. Probably better without him on the field statistically so far on offense. So I look. I it's that's. This is my villain origin story. Look, I know I, I know I made a I, I flipped. Trust me, I flipped. People are gonna hear this and say, Kev, you flipped because I was talking early on about how I thought Vader Strange Jr. could change the complexion of this offense, but that was before Luke Getzi figured out to do the things that he's now doing with Justin Fields and do the things he's doing with Gold Komet. And I've understood now that they don't really need him as much as I thought they did back in week four. And that's just a fact. Everyone would agree with me. You don't need Vela Stone Jr. We, it's proven. Three short games at 30-plus points, and Vela Stone Jr. has done nothing. You don't need him. He's not moving the needle for you at all. Cut him I next offseason. I don't care. It I don't, doesn't matter to me. But, like, the point is that this, they're, they're not going to – excuse me. They're not going to cut him. Like, it, it's will cut value, him tomorrow, but – His value to the office isn't zero four games into his career. Like, and also, you don't draft a guy that high – and as your first ever offensive player taken, 
to just be a gadget guy. Like that, if that's what happened, fire Ryan Poles tomorrow. Like if if they sat at that draft board, if they were in that room and they said, All right, third round, you know, we've taken two defensive guys. All right, this Vios Jones Jr. kid, yeah. You know, let's make him our first offensive selection because, you know, we can use him as a gadget guy. That fire everyone tomorrow, if that was the conversation. Fire everyone tomorrow. Today. Now. That's an insane conversation for a new regime. It is not. For a new regime that's trying to, like, build this thing as fast as possible because you know the window opens next year, based assuming that you make the right moves in the offseason. That would be an insane, like that, like commit them to an asylum if that was the conversation. No. You want to know what the best who is sitting there to is? take a gadget player in the third round? You want to know who? You want to know who? And you want to know where Ryan Post comes from? Guess what happened in 2019 for the Kansas City Chiefs? Guess who they drafted in the second round? Mikkel Hardman. And he was pretty much a gadget guy Mikkel for Hardman them. was like supposed to be a deep threat burner, though. And yeah, also and they had Tyreek Hill. Yeah, but it's, 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 uh. Yeah, but- Travis Kelsey and Patrick Mahomes. What I'm, are you I'm, you knew, what are you saying? You during draft day, you knew the this what yes. Velas Jones Jr. That was. Can still be true that we were not happy with the Velas Jones Jr. pick. Yes, that that can be true, but that doesn't mean that four games into his career, he's a zero. That doesn't mean that they were sitting there being like, "Yeah, let's draft a gadget guy." They weren't in a position to do that. They were not in a position to be like, "Let's draft a, a gadget guy." Because we can, because we have that luxury, because we have Tyree Kill, because we have You're Travis right. Kelsey, because we have Patrick Mahomes. They weren't in a position to do that. Like they, they just weren't. They, they just weren't able to take that kind of swing. Like the Chiefs in 2019 were already an established playoff team. They were a team on the rise. They had a shit ton of talent already on their offensive side. They could take a swing like that on a guy that they thought had high upside. The Bears were 100,000 million percent not in the same position to do that. I. I'm so sick of talking about Vilas Jones Jr. this much, and I know we got to get to our predictions for this game and both predictions, all that jazz. But he's like the value of Vilas Jones Jr. is not a zero. I guarantee that for more games than not the rest of the it's season, one. you will see him. It's not one. Like it's like it's a two. It, you want is that what you want? You want a two? Fine, fine. God, just end this conversation. Jesus, you Christ. get a two. Jake gets a two. Oh my God, that was the most frustrating conversation possibly I've ever had with you. It's okay. frustrating when you know I'm right. I know I, I know how hard it can be. I'm gonna I'm going I'm gonna commit crimes. Hey, let's go back to four okay. weeks ago when I was telling you what to think about Justin Fields and you were at, and you were and you were saying let's you, draft a quarterback. You That's had all your saying. Ohio That's State all... color. You had your, oh, your scarlet and silver oh, oh. tinted glasses on. Oh okay. <sighs> okay. Take a breath, Jake. It's all gonna be fine. I, my blood pressure is so high right now. He's okay. a two. I don't even, what do you even want to do next? I don't even. So know. here's, here is a couple things to note about the Detroit Lions defense. Okay, they're allowing the eighth most fantasy points to wide receivers. They've allowed eleven rush touchdowns, second most in the NFL. They've allowed the sixth most rushing yards. They're allowing the sixth most fantasy points to tight ends. Could be a big day for Cole Komet. Along the fourth most rushing yards to QBs, and along the third most fantasy points per game to QBs. This is, again, the opportunity for Justin Fields to have another phenomenal game, and I think it happened. And you talk about, well, let's get the passing game going a little bit because I'm so it's so annoying, but you know what's going to happen for the next couple of weeks if he continues to rush well is, and we've already seen it, Boston's got an ESPN, a freaking idiot. Oh, he's a running back. He needs to work on his passing a little bit more and the same treatment that Lamar got. But the difference between him and Lamar was Justin was always a more capable passer coming out of college. It was always, you know, you know, as a, as a prospect, even in his first few years in the league, first few games in the league, uh, first year, like knew that his deep ball was better than Lamar's, that he has better arm strength. Like, like we know Justin Fields is a better passer than Lamar Jackson. I don't know why now we're starting this narrative that, oh, because he's rushing well, he's a running back, and he's getting the same treatment that Lamar got back in 2019. It's just stupid. But this, I think, is a chance. Like I said, if the Detroit defense wants to key in on Justin Fields and kind of prevent him from running all over them, it's going to open up things in the passing game. We've already seen them take the shots since Chase Claypool has been here. And again, if one of those connects, that's 40, 50 yards added onto that total, and it makes it a heck of a lot easier to pass 300 yards uh, for the first time in what feels like forever for a Bears quarterback. So, you know, I think this is a good chance for them to do that. And I think Claypool is going to get closer to a full game in snaps. I 100. think 
I, I think I saw the number was 25 last Something week. Like, it was like 25, 26. Right. And he ended up getting like six targets. So six targets on 25 snaps is actually pretty freaking good. They clearly are, are wanting to, you know, take the shots with him down the field, but also get him involved, you know, in the short game with the screens. But I think now, you know, once you get the timing down with him this week in practice, then you start to see the, in, right. the intermediate throws open up, you know, the slants, the, the middle of the field throws, you know, a little bit of corner routes, timing routes to the outside. Um, and I think that connection, if they start to establish that with with Claypool this week, is going to free things up for Darna Mooney. And we've seen what Darna Mooney has been able to do against the Detroit Lions last year. And that first game with Justin Fields playing, Justin had 11 for 17, 209 yards passing, zero pass touchdowns in that game. But Mooney, 125 receiving yards in that game. And then Mooney against the Lions on Thanksgiving with Dalton as the quarterback, 123 receiving yards. So both of his games last year against the Lions, 120-plus receiving yards. I think this could be big day. Big day for John and Mooney. We saw the trend last week uh, with the touchdown and, and a few more targets. And I think, I'm hoping, I'm hoping this is this is the big day for John and Mooney because I benched Mike Evans and I'm starting him in fantasy. I feel good about him. Bold. Um, this is something that I talked about a little bit uh, earlier today, uh, a little bit. What do you think the, like, realistic – chances are that Justin Fields breaks the single season quarterback rushing record. 1206, which Lamar yeah. did in his MVP season. And he's at he's 602 right now. With eight to go. I what's crazy is Lamar is ahead of him still. So that's an interesting point. Is like he mm-hmm. still has to surpass Lamar because Lamar could right. set the record and then Again, yeah. Um I would say like 45% chance. I think there's just below a 50% chance he does it. I, like, because he's not, it's going to, I don't know. You know, the more I think about it, the more I do think it's possible the way they've been designing the runs. But I do think at some point teams are going to have to catch on a little bit more uh, and really try to take it away. But right. teams have already sure. tried that. Teams have already tried that and it hasn't worked. Like the Cowboys tried it and the Dolphins tried it and it didn't work. So I don't know. What do you think? What are your, what are your I, I think it's about the same. I think it's about 50-50. I mean, he'd have to have another monster game. Like, like Correct. not exactly as much as he did against Miami, but he has to keep getting over 100 for the next couple of weeks. Uh, he, ha- he has to have a cu- at least one or two other 100 games because the game against the Bills will be tough. The game against the Jets will be tough to get, you know, a huge chunk. So, I mean, these two games against the Lions that you still have left will be good chances to get 100. Um, the game against the Falcons will be a good chance. So, Kind of depends. I, I kind of want to see how this week goes, but I, it, yeah, I mean, it's probably a coin flip at this point. It was just something that I thought was interesting, but yeah, I mean, I think that this is a game where we can really see the offense from a passing perspective, really kind of come into focus. Like you mentioned, another full week of practice with Claypool, you know, another chance, another extra time, extra week for these guys to start gelling more uh, and design more plays specifically for Claypool. So, yeah, I mean, I'm excited to see it because also, like, I mean, Miami's not a great defense, but they're probably better than Detroit, right? So now you go oh, a definitely. step below in defense, too, which hopefully will give you more opportunities. So, yeah, I mean, it's – I mean, Chase Claypool's receiving prop isn't going to be 23 and a half again, I'll tell you that. No, it's not. Um, did you bet the over on that? I was I – th- I No, did, I didn't. I didn't. I, I didn't because I wasn't sure how he was going to get used and then went that exactly the way. I was stupid. I was way talking. I was like, oh, they're going to hit on one of those. And if they hit on one of those deep balls, it would have hit. That, that, that's why I was baking on them hitting on one of that, uh, you know, one of those 50-yard shots. And then it's right. like, well, there's the over. Um, but uh, I, I think the Darna Mooney number is really, really attractive. Let's, that's a good segue. Uh, do you have anything else in this game before we get into our bold predictions and uh, betting segment? No, I do not. So let's get into it. our bold prediction. I will. Start. Um, all right. So the Justin Fields, uh, what I've been going to, the touchdown through the air and on the ground is off the table. Hit three weeks in a row, so can't go to that anymore. But I am going to return to my guy Cole Komet. I think he has another good game. I think he scores a touchdown again. I think he has. I think he eclipses because what did he have last? He had like forty something, thirty-five. I want to say maybe maybe it's forty-two. Like Let me check. At 41 receiving yards, and his career high is... I think like 75 or something against the Steelers last year. I, I think you're right. Because this we, year we... he has only had... His his high this year is 45 in week five against Minnesota. Right. 
and yeah, I think you know, it's live, uh, live research and development happening right here. And last year, whatever. You know what? Doesn't matter. I think Cole Komet gets into the 70s this week. I don't think he's going to cr- crack 100. But I think Cole Komet, as you mentioned, the Lions have been pretty poor against tight ends this year. They've allowed them to get, get down the field and get you a lot of passes this year. I think Cole Komet is going to get another touchdown and be in the 70s. But yeah, let's say 70. At least 70 receiving yards for Cole Komet and a touchdown. Yep, six more fantasy points allowed to tight ends is that Lions defense. They've been proven vulnerable, uh, allowed a lot of points to Mark Andrews earlier in the year. This is a great chance for Cole Komet to keep it rolling. Uh, I do like that a lot. I do like that a lot. Thank you. Uh, so you're trying to go like an alternate line on that, alternate line 70-plus receiving yards? That's going to be a lot of plus money there. It's going to be good. Uh, I like it. And I'm sad our, our, uh, our bold predictions parlay – couldn't be placed last week because Velas was inactive. <laughs> it wouldn't have hit anyway. Uh, but I told Jake before the game, I put it together, and it reached the maximum, like the maximum odds you can do for a same game parlay on FanDuel, which I actually didn't know was a thing. Um, but there's maximum odds. Like you can't go over, I, I don't know what, if it's like plus like 50,000 or something. Like if oh, on a yeah. one single same game parlay, you can't go over something crazy. And, and our you, both yeah. predictions parlay did. Uh, they what? They cap you because they don't they cap like. You. On the off they don't, they, they don't want the miracle happening, and they don't want us right. fleecing them. Uh, you got to take down those buildings in Vegas if we hit one of them. I'm going to go back to the Darnell Mooney well. I went to it last week. Uh, didn't hit. I said 100 yards. But the, the, it's just too obvious for me, again, with the history of what Mooney has done to this team and sure. what this Detroit Lions defense has been this year, along the eighth most fantasy points to wide receivers. And I don't believe yet that Chase Claypool is going to get a full – like load in this game. Like I think he'll get red zone opportunities. I think he'll get op- opportunities across the field, but I still do believe Darnell Mooney is the number one target. We already saw a little bit the effects last week of maybe how Chase Claypool can open up the offense for Darnell Mooney, um, you know, alleviate some of the pressure on him. And, you know, yeah, Xavier Howard uh, traveling with him around the field, one of the best cornerbacks in the NFL. Uh, so that, that helps that he's going up against who this week, Jeff, Oka. you know, really like, yeah. and, and Jeff has been playing a little bit better this year, but still not living up to anywhere near where he was drafted it was just insane draft pick for them uh taking him at number three uh and, and he was an ohio state guy so for me to say absurd it's yes, crazy but truly i'm surprised you didn't burst into flames okay there. yeah relax relax i'm gonna i'm gonna say mooney 100 yards this week i know i said it last week i gotta go back to the well it's just too obvious for me darna mooney 100 yards receiving that's my first you got another one yeah i'll say chase claypool gets the first bears touchdown of the day I think so first touchdown it. score for the Bears of the game, for the for the Bears because I'm gonna say I don't know who's gonna get the ball first. If you could guarantee me the Bears get the ball first, then I'll say yeah, Claypool mm-hmm. scores the first touchdown of the game. But um, because I have no faith in this Bears defense, if the Lions get the ball first, but I think Claypool gets the first touchdown for the Bears. I think they're gonna make it a point to go to him because I mean think about it. Last week they went to him in big spots down the field. Obviously at the end of the game took the shot down the field to him to start the game on the first drive took a shot to him down the field. So, and he drew the, he, uh, the pass interference flag on the first one, obviously. I think they're going to make it a point to get him involved. I think they're going to make it a point to, you know, show off their shiny new weapon, their shiny new acquisition and be like, Hey, you know, this guy's going to be a problem with Justin Fields. I think Claypool gets the first Bears touchdown. Yeah, I like it. And that's what I went to last week. And it was probably dumb. I, I thought they'd give him opportunities in the red zone, but he wasn't on the field in the red zone that much last week. But again, that should increase this week. What kind of play you think? Are you thinking it's a red zone play? Or you think they hit on one of the deep balls that goes for like a 50 yard touchdown? So my first thought was jet sweep, but that feels boring uh, just because of last week and you know how they've used wide receivers. And it's not as exciting as you would normally think on maybe any other team. Um, hmm. What do I think? I'm going to say it's a red zone play because I think okay. the running game is going to have a better day this week than they did against Miami. So I think you're going to be able to churn some yards out and kind of move down the field a little bit mm-hmm. easier. So I'll say it's a red zone play. Yeah, I like it. Uh, I like it. Probably will sprinkle it, honestly. I'll probably put a little bit of money on that. I got to. Um, I think he was at plus 380 last week. That number will surely go down just because he's going to be increased number of snaps. But you'll probably see around like plus 260. Scott says no way Chase doesn't score. You said that last week, bro. You said that last week. <laughs> come on. Got to come on. But I, I hear you. I totally see where you're going. Um, I, I, I want to go back to the same thing I said last week where oh, this, this is 
the first time where Justin Fields throws for 300 yards passing, and this is, you know, it made it made too much sense last week, but it makes even more sense this week again against this defense at home. So do it. Uh, should I do it? So do it. Should I? I feel like that's so lame to just like right. repeat it. Use my. I, re- I recycled the same one three weeks in a row. Yeah, I'm. Re- yeah, because it hit and it, right. it it hit and it was proven to work. Yeah, I'll do it. Justin Fields 300 plus yards passing, and the number on it is still insane. Like, if you were to parlay just that and Mooney 100 plus yards, it would really make sense because if Dar- if Justin is going to get to 300, Mooney's getting 100. Like that, that's just the way it's going to be. So if you believe the only that he's thing with throw- that, the only thing with that is like you have to have a little faith in the Lions' offense to keep up and like also score points because mm-hmm. like if they get to the end of the game and they're up, you know, two three scores, they're not, you know, they're just going to run clock. They're not going to throw at them. But you you need a shootout. Yeah, game script does. I hate I hate the way game script affects betting. It's so frustrating. Like especially when I bet the NBA and the team's up nineteen, and I'm like, just put LeBron back in. I don't care yeah. if you're down thirty six points. Put him back. It's it's so. I know you understand. Yep. And I also one more. I'll do Bears first half spread. Um, whatever it is, I think they get off to a hot start, and I think they uh, you know, defy their second quarter woes this week. They've been one of the worst second quarter teams in the NFL. Um, defy their second quarter woes. Play well in the second quarter and. You know, take a big lead going into the half. Again, at home, feeling the energy. Fans are ready to go. I think they do that. That's all I got for our uh, my bull pre. All right, well, then let's move on to our final score and game predictions. The Bears are favored, as Kevin said, at home against the Lions, hosting the Lions for the first time this year. Offense finally starting to play well. So let's get into it. I do think the Bears win this game. Uh, you know, the Lions coming off, their win against the Packers, feeling good, feeling good about themselves, you know, all hyped up. Have to come to Chicago, have to play this offense, have to have to face the best version of Justin Fields that we've seen thus far in his career. I don't think that's a tough task. I do think that's a tough task. I think that's a tall order for them to fill. I think that the Bears have the better coach. They have the better quarterback. That's probably it. Eh, probably the better running back, too. I'm a Ross St. Brown's awesome, so I won't say better wide receiver. Yeah. But regardless, I mean, they, the Bears are better in the two most important facets, the quarterback and the head coach. So I do think the Bears win this game. I do think there's going to be points in this game. The, de- the Detroit defense is terrible. The Bears offense is also – or not the Bears defense is also terrible. I think this game is going to be – I mean, you might have another burner like last week. I think this game yeah. is going to be 30 – Eight, 30, 38, 28 bears. Oh, oh 38, 28 god. bears. Oh my god, I have 38, 27. So, I was no like, way. Hey, yeah, I was waiting to see if you're gonna hit it. I was like, no pretty, way, pretty cool. I like it. So, that would be the bears scoring five touchdowns and one field goal. And I, I think, I think that's pretty accurate. And you know, as much as we talked, we didn't really talk about what the Lions offense presents to you um you know they've been a little bit slower as of recently but they still have the ability to put points up you know if fully healthy with Amon Ra fully healthy with DeAndre Swift fully healthy uh Jamal Williams rushed well last week uh they'll be able to put up points on this defense for sure now Kellen sent me this this morning I missed it Matt Adams activated off IR this week does he play come on it's Matt Adams yeah that's uh, that that's that's actually significant. If you were to get Matt, oh, I know talk about a, talk about a nothing. Talk about a zero. You're not going to give Matt Adams a one. You're not going to give him a two. Who's no. more valuable to your team, Matt Adams or Vela Jones Jr.? Let's I'm go not back doing to this. Again. <laughs> I'm not doing this again. No, no. Uh, I actually do think having Matt Adams, he's been play, he played well when he was on the field. He played well, and without Roquan, what do you, you just you're you're happy sticking with you know uh, with Jack I thought, Sanborn? I thought Sanborn played decent. I mean, Joe it doesn't Thomas. really matter. Like, n- neither of these, none of these guys, except maybe Morrow, is going to be on the team next year anyway. So it, it doesn't matter. It does anyway, not matter. I'm going Bears 38 27. I think they get up to a huge lead, and then the Lions kind of crawl back uh, in the third quarter, in the fourth quarter, just, you know, some fluke shit. Um, I, I just, I think they, I, I think they go up 20, uh, what would I have? 38 27. I think they go up 24 to, um, Wait, that's not possible. I think they just go up 21 to 7 at half. I think, like, that's why I said take the first half spread. I, I think the Bears go up to a hot start. I think everybody's into it. I think they're vibing. Um, and then maybe they get a little bit complacent in the third quarter, and then they put them away in the fourth. That's the game script 
I just think this team right now, you're better. You're better. Like we haven't been able to say that for a lot of the games this year. Like you are better than the opponent in pretty much every facet, um, even defense. Surprisingly enough, this is probably the last time this year until you see the lines again, that your defense will be better than the opposing team um, because that's how bad that they are right now. Uh, the Bears defense is so I got it 38 27. Jake's got it 38 28. We are both at the top at six and three. Good on us. We both took the Dolphins last week and we were right. My score prediction was really close. I had 35 32, and at the end of the final score was 34 33, wasn't it? Um, or no, the final was 35 32. I had 34 33. Sorry, so I was pretty damn close. And maybe we'll one of us will be right this week. I don't think any of us have yet to get a score prediction right. We've had Plenty of picks, right? But not exact I think score. I, I got one last year, I think. You did. I remember it because I remember I think, it was a yeah. big moment for you. Um, predict the Justin Fields stat line. This week? Yeah. No. Well, I, I said plus. No, three weeks from now. Yeah, I don't know why I said that. I said 300 plus yards passing, so I would go 307 yards passing, 48 yards rushing, four passing touchdowns, zero rushing touchdowns. So How many just a, uh I think he throws the ball 38 times. I think he throws the ball a lot, completes 24, 25. Um. Yeah, I, I think he, I think he's gonna have a big number. I I really do. I'm I'm excited for it, and, and mainly because I, I just I am so sick of this narrative that's being creative created of oh he's a running back and and oh you can't res- you can't respect his arm. No, Justin Fields is a phenomenal passer. I think we see it on Sunday. I predict think goes, you predict it. Yeah. Yeah. I, was just, I think he goes somewhere in like the 25 to 27 range of attempts. Two. 262 yards, one passing, two rushing touchdowns. I think Wait, I think this week I think it was 262 passing yards, one passing touchdown, two rushing touchdowns. I think he gets okay. I'll Ooh. say he gets 77 rushing yards. Jeez, that sounds damn good for my fantasy team. Two rushing touchdowns, 77 rushing yards. Woo, talk to me. Spicy. All right. Me and Kevin are both on the same side once again, predicting a high scoring. Bears win. Surely that doesn't bite us in the ass next week. But regardless, this is a winnable game for the Bears. I think we're all in agreement on all of that. Regardless, we will see you on Monday to break it all down. Myself and Kevin will be right back here to talk about what will probably most likely be a Bears win over the Lions and what will hopefully be another Justin Fields four to four. So come back on Monday for that game recap until then i'm jake Hassan. that's kevin lapka this has been bears Nation podcast and as always bear down.